0: All right. Thanks a lot. Welcome to uh, to be. Thanks a lot to everybody for being here for our success training with me, Dr. Greg Moody and Laura Sanborn, Master Instructor, uh, Senior Master Instructor. Uh, You can read a little bit about us, but let's move forward because we got a lot to cover today. Thanks for being here, Master Sanborn. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to talk about bullying prevention today. One of my favorite topics, not because it's a good thing, but because it's an important thing to talk about. So we're going to talk about myths, truths, and what to do. You can see a copy of our Life Skills of Leaders book, but we're going to be uh, bringing out our bullying prevention book soon. So that's what we're going to uh, talk about mainly today. The content of our bullying prevention book that's coming out soon. So let's dig right into it today. And I'm gonna uh, we're going to cover a lot of things today. First of all bullying and why it's different. So bullying is different from another topic that we really like to talk about as well, because it's important, but but let's cover the difference. Bullying versus conflict. Bullying versus conflict. So what... People get confused about as they see the, the the term bullying gets bandied about a lot in today's day and age, and you hear it really popularized on TV, and you hear a lot of uh, a lot of really bad stories about bullying. And there should be a lot of really bad stories about bullying because it's a it's a pretty bad thing, and we'll talk about why it's really bad in ways that you may not know. And That's why the title of the book is going to be myths and truths because there's a lot of myths about bullying. But what becomes difficult is uh, is identifying what conflict is and what bullying is. Conflict is when people are just arguing. It could be people arguing, fighting, disagreeing, uh, having... Uh, Throw things in here, Master Sanborn, if you want. Uh, they could be, uh, they could be uh, just having a difference of opinion. There's all kinds of conflict. Much, even violence? Violence would be conflict. There, uh, you know, when people go to war, there's that's conflict. That isn't now. There could be some bullying involved, but conflict doesn't presume bullying. We're going to talk about what bullying is next. So conflict is one side of, uh, it happens a lot, and you're not going to get rid of all conflict, just as we're not going to get rid of all bullying. But it's important to know that when people are in conflict, there's different rules to follow. We have a whole different seminar that we teach on how to deal with conflict and resolving conflict, but you can't use the same rules. There are different rules. We're going to see why. Um, any other conflict ones to add there, Master Sanborn? Are you fighting disagree? Uh, no, sir. Okay. so But there's a lot of other types of conflict. But if we're talking about kids in particular, because we work with a lot of kids, if for parents and educators and for people that are working with kids, uh, if you're seeing kids getting in an argument, fighting uh you have to know the difference between these two things. Arguing, fighting, disagreeing, they've fighting over a toy, they're fighting over what to use on the playground. They're uh, saying, oh, he said this and she said that, or he said this and he said that, she said this, she said that. That often is conflict. And the problem is it's hard for uh, people, for adults to know the difference. In fact, even in work environments, you see if you're a boss and you see two of your uh, staff members arguing or fighting or complaining, there, that happens all the time, right? The rules for dealing with that are conflict resolution rules. And we'll, that's a, again, a different seminar. We love teaching that as well, but there are different rules. Bullying, let's go over. Now bullying, it's aggressive behavior and it's intended to hurt. So it's intended to hurt. Now, the difference is, you might say, well, in conflict, they're intended to hurt. Well, not necessarily. I'm fighting with you over what I want. I, I don't necessarily intend to hurt you. I just want what I want. So, you know, if I want the toy, if I'm a kid, or if I'm an adult and I want my, you know, I want it my way. I just want it my way because I want the, uh, I uh if I'm an adult, if I, if if you're my spouse and I'm your, uh, I'm your spouse and I want the toothpaste tube rolled up a certain way, we're fighting over that. I just want it my way. I'm not necessarily trying to hurt your feelings. I just want it my way. And that'd be a silly thing to fight over, but people fight over that kind of stuff all the time, you know, or I want the, I want the uh, kitchen to be cleaned up a certain way and you want the kitchen to be cleaned up a different way. That's not intending to hurt. Now, it may be hurtful. It may end up being a hurtful situation afterwards. But bullying would be intended to hurt. I'm intending, that's one characteristic. There's a couple more we're going to cover. But there's an intention to hurt. That could be in conflict, but bullying, it would. that's one of the characteristics. The second characteristic is it's usually repeated. Now, I say usually, uh, usually means it could be just a one-time thing, but it's severe. So it's usually repeated. Usually repeated over time. So this is something that's intended to hurt. They do it consistently. So it could be small, it could be somebody bothering another person daily. Now I try to, we generally are talking about kids here, guys, but, This could be for adults as well. could be somebody at work that's bothering somebody every day. If you watch the movie Office Space, you saw some bullying going on there. I won't go into detail about that. And the third thing that's really critical to know the difference is there's an imbalance of power. An imbalance of power. So the classic example of that is a bigger kid bullying a little kid. So two kids fighting on the playground, they're both in second grade, they're both uh, they're both the same size. They're fighting over something, likely not bullying. But a fourth grader bothering a first grader and they're doing it consistently over time, it's pretty hard for the first grader to, fight back. They don't really have any power in that situation. So that would be a situation that probably is bullying. So bullying has, there's a lot of consequences of this because of that imbalance of power. Uh, There's, and we'll talk about the details of that, but it becomes a lot more traumatic and it becomes a lot more difficult for the person that's getting bullied to overcome the situation. Now in my world, because I deal with a lot of martial artists, there's a and, and even outside of martial arts, there's a lot of this idea that, well, if they just, you know, if they just like, you know, the, the smaller kid punch the bigger kid, if they, just, if they just stuck up for themselves, that bigger kid is going to go away, that'll solve the problem. Well, that's not going to solve the problem in most of the cases, because this imbalance of power is part of the situation. I hear that all the time. And we'll see later why that's not very good advice. If it did work, okay, that'd be fine. But in most cases, that's not going to work. And it's generally not very good advice. Also, that's not very well supported by the school system or the environment and the adults around. So we'll talk about why that's probably not going to be a good, uh, good situation to, uh, uh, to, to give advice about. So conflict, but let's start here. The first idea here is conflict and bullying are different. Conflict is the act of some sort of disagreement, arguing, fighting, opinions, violence, any kind of uh, misunderstandings between two people. There's something coming up between two people. It's not necessarily, could be hurtful, but it's not necessarily intended to hurt. Two people want their way differently, okay? Bullying, it's intended to hurt. It's repeated usually over time. Doesn't have to be, or it could be one time severe. And there's an imbalance of power. That imbalance of power will help you identify when it's bullying or not. Be really careful about just identifying something as bullying because it's something popular in today's day and age, instead of uh, instead of conflict. Master Sandborn, anything to add there? Um, Intended to hurt includes just verbal intended to hurt. It doesn't necessarily have to be physical. Yeah, that's a good point. Intended to hurt doesn't have to be physically hurt. It could be, uh, in fact, often it's not. It could be socially hurt, meaning that you lose your status socially, so now you don't have as many friends. It could be uh, intended to hurt academically. It could be intended to hurt in your work environment. It could be intended to hurt in your uh, uh, emotionally and mentally. So there's lots of ways you can tend, you could hurt somebody by bullying them. Uh, Financially, you could hurt them. So there's a lot of ways that you could hurt them. And again, we're trying to kind of go the whole gamut, both kids and adults, uh, when we talk about bullying, because it happens in all spectrums of life. And then imbalance of power could include things like uh, one kid is the head of a clique, so has more people behind him as power versus the kid who's more ostracized and doesn't have any kind of backup. No, that's a very good point. It doesn't have to be bigger, stronger. It could be more socially uh, powerful. So yeah, they have more friends. They have a bigger group. The, the, uh, we've seen lots of videos of kids that were smaller than the other kid uh, that were bullying the ki- the uh, larger kid, but they had a, a bigger social group. And they had more. They were more extroverted. They had more. Uh, they had more social. Uh, they had more social power in the group that they were in. They were just better at. Uh, they were better at uh, at fighting uh, the in a, They were better at fighting and arguing, or they were better at uh, uh, they were just better at uh, at hurting other people. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, well, awesome, and in in, we understand it. So, there's a good difference between conflict and bullying. So, understanding the difference will help you understand the rules. Now, conflict we're going to cover at a different different workshop. Bullying will cover. Uh, right now, and the different kinds of bullying, and some other things that are that are going to come up. So, so now let's talk about the kinds of bullying and and what what we might we might see. Now, one thing to understand in terms of bullying and kinds of bullying, and what how much it happens. I think this is this is important to understand. Is twenty nine point nine percent, so about essentially thirty percent of kids are involved in bullying. Now we'll get a little bit into kids specifically. The adult data is a little bit skewed. 16.9% are getting bullied and 19.3% bully others. Now, how we define bullying is important to know, some people like try to get uh, caught up in arguing about this. This means two to three times per month or more. Two to three times per month or more. So they might be getting bullied every week, but the minimum for us to count them getting bullied would be two to three times a month or more. And by getting bullied, that this is self reported by the kids. So this isn't, uh, teachers don't recognize bullying that frequently because it's it mixed in with conflict and they're often not taught the difference between conflict and bullying prevention like you guys just were. So this is relatively severe bullying uh, for it to be counted as bullying in these statistics. It's happening more than this. So if they're only getting bullied once a month that wouldn't be counted in this statistic. That's important to know. That's pretty sobering statistic if you look at it this way. Um, all right. It, more bullying's happening in younger kids, by the way. That's usually a myth that people think is, uh, 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 the, 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 this, this data was third graders. Okay. So let's talk about kinds of bullying. Let's, uh, to, to summarize this, direct bullying, So you can separate this out. And this is gonna be hitting, kicking, shoving. Think about this as hitting. So this is physical content uh, in in some ways spitting. That's a type of bullying that that, uh, kids will engage in. It also could be taunting, name calling, uh, uh, degrading comments uh, and uh, that kind of thing. And it also could be threatening. obscene gestures. uh, These are pretty specific and you could identify them very, uh, very easily. So direct bullying is something you can identify. It's going to be physical. uh, It could be uh, verbal and it could be uh, threatening in a way that uh, would be, uh, you know, with, with body movements. So think about physical, verbal, body movements. Indirect bullying would be getting other people to do stuff. So getting somebody to assault somebody. Getting somebody else to do your dirty work. So, hey, go over there and push that guy. Getting somebody else to uh, do your dirty work, spreading rumors. So telling other people that they heard you were such something uh, that they, you know, back when uh, hopefully things are better in in, in today's day and age. But, you know, in the eighties, if you were thought of as uh, as a gay, then that was, you know, really horrible to be thought of in high school and you were gonna get abused and taunted. So telling somebody else that you were gay was gonna be a terrible thing. And so people would spread rumors about your sexual orientation. Um, something like that. Even today, that's not you know, people can can be um uh, well, people spread rumors about somebody dating somebody else in high school. Uh, that's high school in elementary school. These kind of things happen, spreading rumors about somebody did something or somebody's parents are uh you know, did something bad or did something good. Rumors can be really uh really painful. Um, social isolation. just not letting people sit with you. Um, That's pretty classic in movies, right? Nobody lets you sit at their table, but this happens all the time. Another one that happens really frequently now that's pretty, feels very evil to me is cyberbullying. And we could probably do a whole workshop just on cyberbullying. In a study of uh, I think it was 30, I'm mean, going to look at my notes here, 3,700 kids from uh, sixth to eighth grade. So uh, this happens in a little bit older kids, but it's starting to get younger in, in middle school. Uh, 25% of girls and 11% of boys had been bullied, cyber bullied at least once. So that's pretty high. It's not, it seems like this number is getting higher. The problem with cyberbullying is, and apologize about my handwriting. There, uh, cyberbullying is that it's uh, it can be very anonymous. You can set up a an account, uh, and it doesn't have to have your own name on it. And so you could uh, you could cyberbully other people, and you can be anonymous, and you can uh, you could do stuff that you couldn't normally do. You couldn't do prior to uh, internet related or cyberbullying type. Uh, type, uh, uh, bullying things. So, um, you wouldn't have any, uh, risk of getting, uh, found out. You wouldn't have any punitive, uh, ramifications because of, uh, the cyberbullying or it'd be pretty hard to find out. The best story I heard about this was I was teaching this, uh, a seminar on bullying back in, uh, it must've been 2010. So it was quite a while ago and a kid was attending the seminar. It was for adults, but there was a kid attending the seminar and he just happened to be there with his parents because they didn't have daycare for him. And he was 13. And he said that uh, he, he got in big trouble at school and even with his parents because his phone was cloned. Now, I my background is I have an engineering degree, and for my undergraduate degree, and I wouldn't know how to clone somebody's phone. I still don't know how to clone somebody's phone today. I suppose I could figure it out, or somebody on this uh, this uh, video could figure out how to clone somebody's phone if they tried hard enough. But this kid had somebody to school clone his phone. And then they started texting mean messages to other people from his phone number. Well, nobody believed him, of course, because they came from his phone number. So they assumed that it was him that was texting out all these mean and evil messages and, and, uh, uh, and things from, from him. So it took him quite a while to get it to prove that it was somebody else. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's kind of an example of cyberbullying that I like to use as how things can happen. It's pretty bad. So these are different kinds of bullying: uh, direct bullying and indirect bullying. Uh, the direct bullying is one that you think you can you can resolve really well. But now let's talk about where bullying happens. Anything to add there, Master Sandberg? You're on mute, so you can't. Uh... No, sir. The cyberbullying was the one I was con- I was actually concerned because that's the one I hear about the most. Um in terms of the older kids. Yeah, I think cyberbullying is the one that we hear about the most now. The other ones happen the most, but people are tuned into the cyberbullying a lot. Uh, the, the other ones are still happening just as much. Uh, it's the the cyberbullying getting layered on top. So parents are tuned into that very much. Um, so we'll do this next one that will wrap up for, for our uh, section today. Uh, the thing that... You, with direct bullying, I think that doesn't uh, get identified as, well, I don't see a lot of hitting sometimes, or you may think, well, I don't, I don't really see this happening very much. My kids aren't really doing that. There's not a lot of bullying going on. There's not hitting or taunting or obscene gestures or those kind of things. Well, let's think about where bullying happens. In uh, all of our studies for bullying, where where you might be surprised where bullying happens. The number one place that bullying happens is in the classroom. And it's with the teacher present. Now, when I write this, I don't want you to go be upset at teachers. This is not really their fault. They're not getting training like what you're getting today. They're not typically getting a lot of information on when bullying's happening and when it's not. And it often looks like conflict. So it'll very much look like some kid just argued with another kid or some kids just uh, uh, taunting another kid or it looks looks just like conflict. They're not identifying the imbalance of power or some of these other things that are happening. But when we do surveys, and I've done these in, in schools and done workshops with them, they're very surprised that the number one place is typically in the classroom with the teacher present. Uh, the second is isn't the classroom without the teacher present, which doesn't happen very much. So the numbers are real small because the teacher is pretty much always present. The, typically, that is with the like the TA or somebody else because there's always somebody there. A hallways more um, stairways, playground, not surprising there. Um, when it's the playground or athletic fields. it's the playground or athletic fields the thing about this is typically this is where there's no teacher supervision now teachers are out on the playground don't get me wrong but there's always going to be a dead spot where the teacher can't see behind a tree or back around a corner or somewhere where there's not as much visibility that's typically where bullying will happen Uh, cafeteria and every school is different. When we do a workshop with the school, we'll do a survey and then we'll figure out where the hot spots are for, for bullying. Restrooms. I mean there's no teacher supervision in there and no camera no cameras. Uh, gym, or locker rooms. And then often at the bus. at the bus stop. Okay. This is probably a good place to stop today as we talk about this. These are places where bullying happens and it's often where there's not as much teacher. Now this top one, there is teacher supervision, but this remember is where the kids are spending most of their time. So it's normal that that would be where most quantity of bullying happens. It may not be where the highest percentage of bullying happens. So again, don't blame the teachers for this. It's just good to understand that bullying does happen inside the classroom with the teacher presence. So when we do workshops with the teacher, it's important for them to understand. And it's a big revelation when they understand that imbalance of power difference, that that's when bullying's happen. And then when we talk about what interventions to do and how a school with a full uh, with a full program with bullying prevention can understand how to make a big difference in this. It'll make a huge difference in their identification ability and then what interventions they take with bullying. Um, but that's what, our, that's what our goal is for the next, the next part of our uh, bullying prevention uh, podcast here we're doing right now and our video that we're gonna help you with on the next, uh, next stage. So thanks a lot for being here for part one. Now you know a little bit about bullying and the difference between bullying and conflict. Uh, about what types of bullying happen and we're bullying uh, where the bullying is happening. Okay. Anything else to add Master Sam, for a wrap up today? No, sir. Uh, no all sir. right. Well thank thank you very much everybody. We appreciate your attention today and look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you, sir.